We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. In this special episode, Michael Vizi, Amazon expert, is going to break down 10 skills you need to be successful on Amazon. So, Michael, give us just a quick overview of this topic. Let's talk about how this all fits together with uh, people's journey that they're on and trying to find success online and how these skills will help support that or not. Give us a little bit of an intro to the topic. Sure. So I think, first of all, the question why is always a critical one for me. If you get this wrong, let's start with the frustrations. You're going to get a lot of fear and confusion if you don't have a clear set of skills that you know that you need to develop, even even if you haven't got them yet, at least if you know what the curriculum is, as it were then you can get started. If you if you don't have structure, you're not going to get a sense of progression. It's a bit like Groundhog Day. You're looking at a bunch of Amazon data and God knows there's enough data created yeah. by all the tools we end up using and you're just going to fizzle out because it's just overwhelming their structure and you're not going to make profits despite moving a lot of products and a lot of money moving in and out of accounts and that's pretty bad outcome. So I think it's really important to think and I do you're a very big fan of the phrase and, and the mentality of trade skill and I'm absolutely with you on that. So yeah. if you get it right though three great outcomes first of all you get confidence then you'll take action because you're confident that there's a structure and you'll get results and that then gives you more confidence to take more action so it's a virtuous cycle yeah uh, the second thing is you're going to sell and you're going to progress and again that builds confidence but that builds momentum not just in your mind but mm -hmm. in your actual business your operational momentum if you will and the third thing is you're going to make profits which is really important for two reasons one you can reinvest and that starts a kind of financial momentum which is when it gets really a business I think. Yeah. And then you're also going to continue with take, taking action and also building your mindset. So I think there's a lot of uh, great things that come from this. Two common mistakes in this area, having no structure. And I think having input from a coach, community, any other structure you can get really you know, good books like your e-commerce yeah. power book, really important. Yeah. And the other thing is just allowing fear to stop you starting or allowing frustrations to slow you down mm -hmm. once you've started. You've mm -hmm. got to be prepared to push through that. But having a clear structure and having clear mentality and a grasp on the situation gives you that courage, I think, to push yeah. through. Yeah, I love that. Just as great initial context. I mean, I think in my own reflection on my own journey, I'm just, I've realized more and more that momentum is the most important thing. You know, I don't remember what those laws of thermodynamics are or whatever, <laughs> but basically it says if you're stuck, you're not going anywhere like you're stuck. Yeah. But if you can get some momentum going, at least for me in my business, if you can get momentum going, it just can compound on itself and double and double and double. And then you, you get from this spot of being like super frustrated and totally stuck and nothing happening to starting to have incremental improvement. Even if it's just small numbers at first, like, wow, man, you know, yeah. making my first thousand dollars a month, then you're making your first $2,000 a month. And then it, you can double it from there and then 10 exit and go from there to a real viable business. And I guess that would be my hope this morning in the conversation is that as we share these 10 trade skills, it would help people unlock a little bit of action and momentum towards oh, yeah. their success. 
Yeah. By the way, one of our viewers has just said snowball effect, which is absolutely right. You, you've yeah. got to start the snowball rolling or you're never going to have the giant one at the bottom of the hill, which is obeying mm. the laws of gravity, right? And to, to the point of gravity and Isaac Newton, and you've just meant that's crack for me intellectually because I, I just love uh, physics. I kind of wish I'd done a physics degree. But anyway, so, so to your point, the laws of thermodynamics that invented by the great Englishman Isaac Newton, mm. uh, the, one of them is an object at rest tends to stay at rest. So that's called inertia. And it takes a lot of energy to start accelerating off it from nothing right. and to your point yeah you absolutely got to push through that and that's a bit related to the flywheel concept we referenced in great detail the other day right the Jim Collins same kind of idea it's a heavy object you've got to get moving yep. but once it's moving an object in motion will stay in motion that's yep. Newton's laws and of course in reality you've got friction and stuff that pushes back against it so you've always got to have some willpower but it, it will tend to keep going much more easily. So you're absolutely yeah. right. And I guess if nothing else, if we can get people started in a lot of cases, or if they're running business to, to keep it flowing and, and get to the next level, either which way. And I realize this won't make sense for podcast listeners in the future, but if you're watching with us live right now, just put in the comments where you feel like you're at on the momentum scale from stuck to some momentum to lots of momentum. Go ahead and throw it in the comments just so we understand kind of where you feel like you're at. Okay, well, with all that background, let's get into the 10 trade skills that you feel like are appropriate for Amazon sellers. You want to walk us through the first one? Sure. So I guess I'm going to, I was about to apologize for not giving really actionable stuff, but I'm not going to because no, I think no, actually no. the more the more I <laughs> learn this stuff and the more I try and grow in business and help others to do so, I think context is a very overlooked thing. A lot okay. of people will give you the latest hack, but the right thing in the wrong place and the wrong time is still the wrong thing. So mm -hmm. knowing what's going on and the context you're in is really important. So I would say there are two skills under that, uh, which is a lot out of 10, but I think it's so crucial. The first one is understanding the business model. If you don't know what job you're engaged in, you don't know the skills needed or the tools. If you come to a, a job on a building site and you think you're the carpenter and you have a saw and a hammer and some nails, and they actually were expecting you to build a brick wall, then you're going to be completely the wrong person for the job. So you need to understand the business you're really in. This brings me back to a reference from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which a lot of us have read. And Ray Kroc was interviewed by somebody in that. And, and Ray Kroc said to some student on some business seminar, I said, OK, what business do you think I'm in? So he was the founder mm -hmm. of McDonald's, if you haven't mm -hmm. come across it. And they said, well, Ray, everyone knows you're in the hamburger business. And he said, no, I'm not. I'm in the real estate business. Mm -hmm. It looks like I'm in the hamburger business. That's my profession. But the business underlying it is the real estate. Yeah. So I think in the context of Amazon and e-commerce generally, but specifically Amazon tends in this direction, the professional trade skills you need are one thing, but the business you're in is broadly speaking two things. We're in the business of being middlemen or people, being in between Amazon yeah. or any yeah. other, if it's Google, if you're selling on Shopify, same difference, and the manufacturers of goods. I don't own an internet portal. I never will, even if I have an amazing Shopify site. Yeah. I don't own Google. I don't own Amazon or a similar. I don't own Bing. And I don't have a factory in my back garden and I'm never going to. So that is always going to be my job. And if we understand that clearly, yeah. that comes down to being a translator, which is like my, my sort of background. Another thing I never nearly did was become an interpreter for German and, and French and actually started a French degree. But that's another story. The point is this, that if you've got somebody speaking in the language of a consumer saying, I want this, and they have no idea how it's made. And you've got a, a producer speaking the language of producer talking about you know, inches and pounds and ounces and different types of plastic, your job is to translate. And if we mm -hmm. remember that, it goes mm -hmm. well. And if we forget that, it starts to go funny. If you start thinking of yourself as a man manufacturer, 
and you're not, then that's when it goes funny. So it's a simple, yeah. but I think has far-reaching consequences. And so the second the, thing, and, and then I, sorry. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, the second thing, and I'd love your response on this, obviously there's a lot to say, is that we're in the business of managing cash flow. It's kind of a cash flow-based game, e-commerce, when it comes to physical products. And what I mean, we've talked about that separately, just to say that we need to understand that that's really critical sort of meta trade skill that goes across everything we do. If we don't manage mm -hmm. our numbers, we're out of business. And so that has to run yeah. through everything like Brighton Rock. I love that. I, I think where I was taking your initial comment is for skill number one is understand the business model you're in is, you know, there are probably 15 or, you know, 17 Amazon business models that can be operated. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think the idea here in my mind is if you're starting out in Amazon as a retail arbitrager, then what your goal is for the first six months is to become expert at that business model. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I think so many people have said it, like it's, it's cliche at this point, but if, you know, people ask Warren Buffett, what's the best investment he ever made? And he always says this Dale Carnegie course he took, it was an investment in himself. Yeah. And Robert Kiyosaki says the same thing. The most important investment you can make is in education, yeah. learning, you know, uh, understanding the, the insight into a new business model. So in the first, you know, six to six months to a year, if all you do is become expert at implementation of one specific business model, even if it's a bad business model in e-commerce, you know, context, and we, I don't want to judge them or get into different, you know, analysis of all of them. We've done that before in prior episodes, but, you know, getting super, super expert at it so that you know how to answer every question and you know how to understand every element of the, the, the model, I think is the first trade skill that will be really, really helpful because those are like, foundational blocks that built you build on mm. over time that you know they they will serve you well over the long term Agreed. And two points to that. I mean, first of all, there's a, a couple of potential artificial distinctions that I can hear in the mind of the, the listener. Yeah, but Mike, so let me just deal with those. First of all, I don't think this is just for beginners. In fact, I think the danger yeah, point sure. is not at the beginning when you know that you That's don't right. know what you're doing. Yeah. It's when you've been in business for three, four, five years, you've got a million dollars a year in revenue and you're not making any profit. And there's mm -hmm. underlying cash flow dynamics and you forgot you were a middleman you mm -hmm. started acting like you own a factory and those exactly. those come up at every level so i think to your point getting training and keeping getting training is really important oh absolutely um, right and the the people who and we've seen I, and i've seen this with our coaching clients it's hilarious how much someone can have a mindset of a know-it-all mindset when they only make ten thousand dollars a month in <laughs> revenue, totally not even yeah. profit. <laughs> and, <laughs> that but, is true. But I other people, <laughs> but other people never have a know-it-all mindset. Yeah, they have totally. a learner mindset, and they're and they'll be they're, they're doing millions. Yeah, online, you know, hundreds of thousands a, a month of uh, revenue and and profit of super high, yeah. but they're hungry to learn yeah. that next technique, that next idea that next you know model that they're unfamiliar with and they realize so strongly that there's so much more upside above them that they never get arrogant about no you know knowing it all or anything like that they're just hungry to learn and they'll learn from anybody and that's a really right. valuable trade skill 
Yeah. yeah. On the one hand, I guess they want to try and learn from people who know more than them or the same level. But you're right. I mean, the most committed, I can think of the two most committed mastermind members I've had over the last two years, both actually got into eight figures <laughs> in dollars. I mean, sort of on the on the edge of that in, in pounds. So you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the ones that tend to be there, that are engaged in the discussion, that are asking the most questions. Yeah. So I guess there's an even more meta skill yeah. uh, there, that which is always be hungry and, and curious yeah. and don't assume you've got it cracked, uh, I guess, right. as well. Okay, let's talk about the second trade skill. So the second trade skill is also very context-based. And again, this may seem like a luxury when you need to go out and take action. But I was going to say, actually, that's another artificial dichotomy I just want to sort of squash, which is learning doesn't mean just sitting there watching videos and and reading books. It can, and it really probably should. Mm -hmm. Again, the eight-figure sellers are the most hungry for reading books. They By far, they read the most. They really do. And if I suggest books, they're like, I've read it. But also uh, learning by doing is important. Now, here's the other. The second skill is understanding trends. If you think that life is really, really, really tough, maybe it is. Maybe it's because you are trying to operate a model which was hot in 2014, was okay in 2018, is now kind of over in 2021. And so understanding trends, this is really difficult because there's a lot of noise in this space. There's a lot of podcasts, there's crazy numbers of Facebook groups full of a lot of people who don't know that much sharing a lot of information. And that, again, getting an expert's input is so important here getting some sort of frontline input otherwise you're just going to get confused but yeah. i think you have to evaluate the business model that you're you're operating on the the context of amazon as a whole and then you know retail arbitrage where is that at right now how realistic is that how sustainable is that it may be an amazing way to get into the game but how sustainable is that long term how crowded yeah. is the space these kinds yeah. of awkward questions have to be addressed because there's no point in plunging into the pool if you're just going to jump back out and going, oh, no, 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 I can't handle it. I'm okay, it's better to know that in advance. I was going to say, understand the trends and then avoid them. But that's too broad a <laughs> commentary. It's really understand the trends and then be very thoughtful and wise about how you play off against them. Totally. Some trends, fidget spinners, <laughs> you want to just avoid because it's yeah. just a, it's a gimmicky trend. Other trends, like you know, there's a lot of things. Well, okay, so for example, the in, in uh, Shopify selling, the massive current shift to two things: one is to live selling, and the other is to text-based, you know, broadcast methodologies, SMS marketing. Those broad trends are not going away anytime soon. And if you want to do well, you you'd understand those. But other trends are just you know stupid to jump into, and you'll be piling on. It'll be the the last you know, clown at the party showing up at 2 a.m. when everyone else is left uh, to use a party metaphor that I not really my deal. But anyway, you get the idea. You just don't want to do that. You want to um, understand what's current and then see if there's an angle for you to play off of against in a, in a meaningful way or how to adapt a new hot trend in one area to your niche industry or you know, specific business model. That's a really, really strong way to look at, you know, trends. So I love the way you put that with the upsides and the dangers of the trends thing. So yeah, it's your relationship to trends, I guess, is what you're putting your finger on for me. And that's really, really important. And I think it's important to yeah. look at trends. There's there's tides and there's waves, right? So if you think of it as sea metaphor, to get a bit nautical for the moment, back to my, my English roots. And I guess, you know, the tide comes in and out with a reasonable, well, the, a great deal of predictability. Now there are trends which are a bit harder to get in business, but there's the quotes business cycle recessions yeah. and growth and i guess covid's a very extreme version of something that wasn't foreseeable in advance but we could kind of foresee that come from a low starting point things are going to 
grow and the American economy is looking good. So that's an example of an underlying fairly strong trend. And I guess mm -hmm. thinking like investors, there are little waves like, you know, Elon Musk tweaks something daft about Tesla. I guess we're both investors in that, just to clarify, at least I am. And yep. and the stock spikes up or he talks about, you know, Etsy and the stock spikes up or he sort of dishes Bitcoin or Jeff Bezos says Bitcoin, I'm going to eat you for lunch. Now, those are the little daily sort of trends. But Yes, you're right. You need to differentiate between sort of little spikes and just silly superficial things versus really yeah. powerful trends, which has got the weight of the ocean behind it. So yeah, mm -hmm. live selling, trending towards SMS marketing and stuff like that is a great example of a skill set that's yeah. going to get more and more important. So you might as well start now with mastering it. So that's a beautiful yeah. example. Someone asked, how do you keep track of current trends? And I would just say, I think you constantly have to be in a mindset of discovery and of learning new things. Many times when you've heard about a new thing for the first time to you, somebody else on YouTube has had a channel about the whole thing for two years. <laughs> True. And you just can go geek out with them over their expertise and understanding. I'm doing that right now for NFTs and investing in uh, that kind of stuff. And there's always these new macro trends. And the question is whether they're a uh, flash in the pans or whether they're an ongoing long-term idea. And so your discovery is about education. And you just have to have time mentally in your schedule for constantly no learning new things. And then you learn over time to prioritize rank and, you know, kind of sort those, I would say, in terms of your own prioritization for how it impacts your life. Okay, so let's yeah. keep going. So what's skill three? So skill three is is that like the next few skills, I guess, in a broader area of market research, but in the broadest, broadest possible um, terms. So the first thing is to understand skill three is, again, a sort of meta skill, which is understanding what market research really means. And here's the clue. It doesn't just mean using one tool on one platform like uh, Helium 10 or Jungle Scout or whatever or mm -hmm. any any software tool, which are, you know, if, if you're doing a certain job on a building site, you need the right tool. Don't get me wrong but it's uh, not obsessive with one tool. They say to a, a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And to yeah. a person looking only at keywords on Amazon, everything looks like it's driven by keywords, but keywords are typed by humans. So you really understand that the customer avatar work and understanding trends that we just talked about mm -hmm. are also a critical part of it, even if it's harder to do, especially because it's harder mm -hmm. to do. Everyone's using yeah. the same keyword research tools, but not everyone makes the effort to talk to humans. And so mm -hmm. that's what I would say is uh, sort of just an overview. And then obviously the next skills I'm going to talk about are going to be in those areas. But understanding what market research really means, again, to the point of what business are we really in? The professional, yeah. what we're really in is being a middle person. That yeah. means deep deep if you're an interpreter you german needs to be excellent your english needs to be excellent and you need to be able to translate between the worlds if you are therefore a middle person middleman you need to be excellent at understanding your consumer not a little bit good and you need to be really yeah. clear at explaining things to manufacturers in idiot proof ways and getting wonderful products made or sourcing products whether that's retail arbitrage wholesale yeah. you know that's a different skill set but the broader skill set is sourcing well and talking to those people in their language and then understand the consumers and what drives them and if we're clear about that we're going to over time get better and better at both those skill sets because that's our job and if we're not we're going to just get stuck on one tool yeah and then actually we're going to be toast because everyone else is using the same tool you have no competitive advantage it's game over yeah no i love this one and i always use the example sorry it's over used on my side i've mentioned it so many times that you know we when we launched our business in 2009 in september we couldn't sell on ebay what we wanted our product they, they didn't technically allow it and amazon still to this day doesn't technically allow it neither does ebay 
So we have one marketplace we can sell our items on, and that's on Etsy. But we built our own marketplace, which is Pixie Fair. And so, and, and obviously Shopify under underlays that work. I and mean, this is the foundation we built it on. So if we would have said to ourselves back in 2009, there is nothing like what we want to sell on eBay or nothing like what we want to sell on Amazon, the search volume and the traffic and the opportunity there is zero. If I would have, if that was my level of understanding of the market, I would have walked away from the opportunity. And so I think it's really important to step back and say, wait, what am I, you know, fair enough to look at, you know, Helium 10 and Keepa and you know, all the tools, whatever it is, viral launch or whatever you're looking at to, to look at stuff. But you always want to zoom out and say, wait, what is the universe of these people? And what what is their context in the on the planet? How do they congregate? How do they currently satisfy their need for whatever product it is? And you might find you have a great opportunity. It's just not on Amazon or whatever. So, you know, th those yeah. are important uh, things to remember in this journey of discovery. Yeah. Really important. I mean, the fact that you are, you know, you've got to start somewhere, you've got to focus. I mean, there's a sourcing side or talking to, in the end, it's about humans. We, we yeah. forget that because it's a computer involved in so much of it, but it's, it's to connect humans. So we're yeah. talking literally or on our phones or an email to suppliers of some description they're giving us products whether they made it whether that's it's tesco or walmart or whether you're actually literally making it somebody's making it for you in, in a in a shed somewhere and we are understanding consumers and yeah you're right that that if we start with that even though we have to specialize we've got to understand that our consumers didn't sign up to specialize in any particular model or any particular platform just because mm -hmm. amazon might be hot this year you know etsy's mm -hmm. just blown up maybe in yeah. 10 years time amazon is the new ebay I, it's a bit of a sad formal shadow of itself and etsy's yeah. taken over the universe and we don't want to get locked into that because mm -hmm. it's not really about those those micro skills important as they are yeah. now it's about the meta scale and the mindset as you say of, right. you know where are the consumers and what do they yeah. want really so just looking at our, our list here, skill four and five really tie into both of these things. So skill four, you've got customer avatar understanding or, or knowing your yeah, customer. Please. So really, and I guess I just spoke to that a little bit where, you know, they transcend Amazon and you always have to remember that. Any other thoughts on that customer avatar? Yeah, um, they transcend sure. Amazon. And therefore, if you're too Amazon focused in your approach, you never they're going to be a complete black box to you, you won't ever get anything. Mm -hmm. Amazon knows incredible, frightening amounts about its customers, but they do not share generously with third party sellers. Yeah. They are not they're not giving you Google Analytics, they're not giving you the Facebook center demographic data, although they have both. So what we need to do is actually make an effort and just if you're reselling, you don't want to go too far with this. But if you're even, for example, if you're getting into a replens relationship, the next step would be to get a, a wholesale sourcing kind of agreement that's a bit more concrete with one with uh, maybe a handful of suppliers of products that they own the brand and they have it manufactured. At that point, you may well get into the business of rewriting the listings for them. And at that point, you really should or around that sort of time be deep diving into Facebook groups. If you've got friends who consume those products or preferably you're into them yourself, yeah. you go and talk to people. You can, you can survey your friends, you can set up email lists eventually, you know, and so you have to, this is a, a big, big project, but it's something I think you should start as early as you possibly can to really understand them. And it's pretty much got to all be manual labor and then technically you know, put together with emails and email mm -hmm. lists and what have you, but it's off Amazon. And so I think you've got to recognize from the start that customer avatar work really lives off Amazon because you get very little back from Amazon itself. Sure. Okay, great. And then skill set five is actually the technical 
uh, elements related to keyword research. Yeah, really understanding research. how to do that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a huge huge amount about this. I would just say the best way, the most rational way to get your head around the just sheer frightening amount of detail and data you get this is is to take. I think the big business principles that are valid and validated by real life. And for me, it's the star principle, which is very simple, which is to look at a market and just start not with the sort of metrics that most Amazon sellers look at, but just to simply do this. Some tools like Helium 10 lend itself to this, get an idea of the size of a market overall for a t- certain types of products. And it's going to be approximate and that's okay. But say you, you $500,000 a month of a certain type of widget, let's say, I know iPhone cases are being sold. You know, maybe you want to sell iPhone stands for iPhone 10 or something like that, whatever it is. You want to look at really the top listing and then the top brand and see what percentage of the market they have. And that's, let's just keep it very concrete and say they've got, you know, say out of $500,000 a month, they're selling about $200,000 worth of products. That means they have 40% market share. So that is, for me, immediately not a very attractive market. Now, I haven't really dived into huge amounts of keywords. And yes, different keywords will show different things up. And I guess I'm blending into skill six, which is competitor analysis. I think they're two sides of the same coin. If you look at, at the universe as if the keyword research exists independently of consumers and independently of their other choices, otherwise known as your competition, then it's kind of meaningless because you drown in in numbers, you get obsessed with particular numbers, and then you start asking questions on Facebook groups like, you know, is there a particular search volume that I should have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. There there are certain things like should you probably want a couple of thousand for your main keywords and things like that, but it's relative to the situation you're in. So really, the the simple version, I guess I've, I've probably put this backwards. I should have put competitive analysis first, really. Now I think of it. Mm-hmm. So my bad. So skill five is competitive analysis, which is broadly speaking, most markets will not be attractive to go into because they're just too crowded. Mm-hmm. And this is a bit of a private label way of looking at things if you're keyword driven. But if you're reselling a product, the same thing, except you're narrowing your universe down. How many people are reselling mm-hmm. a particular product on a particular listing? If you've got 100 resellers and it's only selling, you know, a small number of units a month then you're fighting a lot. You're going to be fighting for the buy box. You're going to be fighting on price. That's probably just not a fight that's that's going to be very winnable. Or if it is, you're going to win a Pyrrhic victory, which is you reduce the price so much there's no profit. So right. the main thing is try to find, if not white space, at least sort of gray space on Amazon. Yeah, no. And obviously that's one of the biggest challenges with the, the process of selling on Amazon is understanding your competitors and what they're willing to do and not willing to do, where they're going and not going in terms of product expansion or price management. That is, you know, one of the biggest frustrations in the marketplace is the race to the bottom challenges with products that are very, very similar or the same. And so that that's obviously a trap in the Amazon business model at many levels. And so understanding your keywords and understanding your competitor analysis all right. Love it. Okay, let's keep going. Talk to us about skill set number seven. Yeah, so the next couple of skill sets really are, well, the, the next skill set areas is I'm not gonna really going to talk about it very much at all in detail here because you kind of have to do it in detail depending on how you're sourcing. So sourcing is obviously huge areas, so getting products. Yeah. So another way of putting this entire business model, talk about being a middle person or middle man or intermediary, if you will, is find out what people want, go get it, 
and then give it to them. So find out what they want, market research, go get it, sourcing, give it to them, marketing. I think that's a, a business coach from nine years ago put it that way and that's nice and clear. So this is the go get it piece. That's That varies a lot depending on the business model, which I think we're going to discuss soon. So I've outlined about you know seven or so the main business models and then, as you said, we've discussed many others and you've discussed in your challenges recently. But two things that you have in common, you've got to understand what the market wants and you've got to get your financial management sorted. This is kind of like two big mistakes to avoid if you like, but if you don't understand what the market wants, you'll go and get stuff and it won't move very quickly the, the clue is mm-hmm. especially with private label this can happen easily but it can happen with wholesale sourcing you go and order a thousand widgets of a product and actually you're only selling you know uh, 20 a month that's pretty miserable because you didn't understand what the market wanted and that comes down to your keyword research and then the other one is the financial management piece because if you don't really have your profit and loss sorted and you haven't accounted for all the mm-hmm. annoying details, including refunds and returns, for example, and breakages and spoilage, things like that, then you won't actually make a profit even though you're working really hard and you're putting products into Amazon and they're actually selling and then you're getting money back out. But if you just look at this sort of bank account and think about the very short-term cash flow and you're not thinking about the profits by month, by by uh, quarter by whatever it is then that's a bit soul destroying so that's kind of a sourcing related skill which i'm going to get into more in detail once we do an okay. episode on that because that, it would be a bit meaningless to get to that's like uh, skill 6.5 Hey there, folks. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of The E-Commerce Leader. So trade skills today, we're talking about e-commerce trade skills and Amazon trade skills. I just want to make a couple of very simple general points, which I probably should have made at the beginning of the show. First of all, let's honor the name of the podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. So e-commerce is broader than just Amazon or just Shopify or any individual what do you call it? Platform is the word I'm looking for. So if you happen to be somebody who sells exclusively on Shopify or WooCommerce and doesn't sell on Amazon, I'd urge you to keep your ears open and your mind open because I do think the trade skills we've discussed today apply to every area. Some of them are more specific to Amazon than others and there are some traps on certain platforms that are less present on others, but they are all broadly applicable. The second thing I want to say is this, that although a lot of what we said uh, is very helpful and is news to people who are new to the e-commerce space. Nevertheless, my experience of very established sellers is that they're quite often neglecting or they're kind of aware of but not really implementing uh, some of these areas. And in fact, most businesses I've ever met have an area of somewhat weakness or that is not as strong. And that normally comes from the founder or the CEO's or the leadership team's neglect of or or lack of honing of certain trade skills. So I would urge you, whether you're just starting out or really established and whether you're on Amazon or off Amazon in the e-commerce space to learn these trade skills and to to see this as a sort of curriculum and set of principles to keep honing for as long as you're in business, not just when you're new. So just to quickly recap, really important to get this right because otherwise we we have the danger of just kind of doing stuff, but we don't get a result and we don't even know why. It's because we're not really looking at the skills and honing them. So first skill area is business understanding. A quick recap, skill one, business model understanding. You know what business you're actually in and uh, you understand, you know, what is going on that drives your business. The second one is understanding trends we've mentioned fidget spinners as, as jason risley brought up i personally almost ended up selling fidget spinners so that's the sort of trend we don't want to jump on but we do need to be aware of good trends like live selling sms marketing and messaging skill three is understanding what market research really means and the clue and this is particularly common for amazon sellers but not only is to ignore the customer avatar 
and to just look at keywords and that's kind of autistic <laughs> we are actually humans we can talk to other humans we don't have to just use keywords computers only have keywords algorithms only use keywords we use human understanding we can also use facebook we could use facebook chat to build up lists of people to talk to there's a whole host of sub skill sets there but just as a basics of you know just to, to plant that skill for customer avatar work understanding who we sell to customer skill five is the competitor analysis finding the white space or getting away from the red ocean where everyone's competitive and getting into the so-called blue ocean where things are just you know more manageable and even really profitable uh, skill set six is of course keyword research we can't run away from that whether you're a shopify seller selling and understanding google keyword research or an Amazon seller focused on the Amazon platform and Helium 10 and Jungle Scout and all the other tools. That's obviously part of the picture as well. The skill 6.5, as Jason jokingly put it, was really pointing out the fact that I hadn't really made space in my list for sourcing skills. And that's not because I think they're unimportant. I think that they're so important, in fact, that they relate very strongly to particular business models. And because of that, combination of their importance and the fact that sourcing business models and sourcing uh, and business models altogether are all very interlinked topics let's put it that way so we will be doing a podcast episode on that uh, very set of topics so sourcing models and business models and then you know the skills that are needed for sourcing are going to be part of that just to quickly say though for sourcing it, it really comes down to the insight that we're middlemen that we are standing in between the vast giants of the internet like Amazon and Google and shoppers ultimately on the one hand and on the other hand people who produce products whether we have them made for ourselves or whether we're buying reselling and in order to do that we really need to understand that that's what we're doing and that's actually the business we're engaged in and develop the skills accordingly so hope that makes sense these are big big topics as ever jason has been keeping me down out of the clouds of complexity and and keeping it very simple which is great i hope you enjoy our conversations i certainly enjoy my conversations with jason very insightful and yet he's a man who keeps it simple which is a great combination not a common one actually and if you do enjoy it of course we'd love you to leave us a review or a rating you could just uh, tap one two three four or five stars on an apple podcast app or on itunes or music or whatever the apps are i, I own lots of apple products but even i get confused about what they are whatever that thing is give us a rating and if you can give us a review we'd obviously be massively grateful as well and don't forget to subscribe and thankfully that's simple and available on any podcast player of your choice thanks so much for listening look forward to seeing you in the next show that was the e-commerce leader podcast with michael Vesey in london england and jason miles in seattle washington if you liked this content don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app for free resources including pdfs and videos on topics like traffic products and sales channels just go to www.theecommerceleader.com no hyphens just as it sounds Thanks so much for listening.